0: Thanks for joining Condo Comrades, our clown show of a podcast dedicated to Netflix's tidying up with Marie Kondo and other important matters in the Condoverse, mostly her haters. I'm your host, Eric Kaoli, aka the Planner God, the Skincare Spender, the Cincinnati Kid. My co host, as always, here with me, Kenneth Deacons, also known as Mr. Yikes, the Book Burner, Kenny Kondo. What's up, Kenny?
1: Yo, I actually just remembered the other nickname that came up, the, the, the intro ruiner.
0: Oh, yeah that's great it's very accurate
1: yeah so the, intro ruined <laughs> there,
0: there you have it <laughs> folks uh, that's a wrap all right welcome to episode six of this podcast um dedicated as i said to uh the the netflix show and pretty much going over an episode of the the netflix program every episode that we do see you've already fucked me up here Keddy. <laughs>
1: it's it's, it's too easy
0: (laughs) it is your new nickname just totally threw threw off the the vibe that we had going on here so a very um,
1: professional vibe of a (laughs) well-produced well-organized well-oiled podcast machine that deserves to be bought out by spotify
0: you say that with a sarcastic tone but you are the one producing it and oiling it so, I'm <laughs> I'm happy to uh to take all the complaints on that because that is all your fault. Uh, since since you've already um since we're already gonna throw this one in the trash can, let's let you take over this apology section that we're gonna do because I'm I don't feel like doing it.
1: Okay. Well, first off, I'd like to apologize for the last the last episode being delayed a bit. Um, I was just really lazy about editing. That's, that's, that's about it. Um, so that's my bad.
0: Yeah, what do you want for free? So
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's, that's true. I mean, I'm not here to make excuses.
0: If you want episodes on time, maybe you would have left a five-star review on our iTunes. It's, page. it's
1: true. We could, we could use some five-star reviews.
0: Maybe we'd be more motivated that way.
1: That is, that is my main motivation in life yeah you, know, you look at you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and right there at the top where I am it's five star reviews and i iTunes
0: I find myself when I'm around people who might not even be familiar with the program and i I just think to myself wow you you call yourself my friend yet you don't listen to both of my podcasts and leave praise praising reviews on my iTunes pages, so I'm not really sure how true this friendship is because where's the support
1: yeah the technical term for that is social capital which apparently we don't have any of
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's so selfish of me to expect that because i am constantly trying to weasel my way out of obligations and um dis- dis- distancing myself from getting close to people so i don't know why i expect <laughs> i expect more from others <laughs>
1: Listen to all that people expected from me was to leave five star reviews on their podcasts. I don't, I don't know. That actually, sounds like a lot of work.
0: Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> Have you ever had a uh, friends ask you for like LinkedIn recommendations, or I don't know, something that it would actually be meaningful to their life? Like, because a five star review, uh, let's face it, doesn't really do much for 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 you. But I guess a, a recommendation. Or um, helping someone get get a get ahead and getting a job would actually be helpful.
1: Yeah, I've I've given people references before mm-hmm. and written some stuff up. I help help someone get a job once.
0: That's um, nice of you.
1: So, yeah, felt felt good.
0: So, with that in mind, listeners, think about how good you could feel. <laughs> If what are we doing? This is this is a this is all content for the apology section of the next episode. What else do we have to um
1: I got I got something else to apologize for, and it's that I registered condocomrades at gmail.com before our first episode and just completely forgot to mention that fact until the last one.
0: So if any of you want to hear us apologize for for stuff in future episodes i guess we have like two or three more of these left um yeah i figured about it
1: i I was thinking that every time i listen to a podcast whenever they have a a listener questions episode i really hate it but i think if i was answering the questions maybe it would be good so if listeners want to send their questions in we can maybe have a listener questions episode and if yeah. like only one person does it, we'll just we'll just tack it on in a different episode or something.
0: I keep thinking about what we're going to do once we're we're done recording these and we've run out of episodes to critique in between the next season and earlier today I was like maybe we can do an advice podcast where people ask questions about anything from two clueless guys on the internet that actually don't know anything.
1: Yeah, that I mean that i mean i feel qualified to answer advice that no one should take
0: <laughs> that's a format for a lot of other popular podcasts right
1: it's true it's a, it's a, it's a, the a success format
0: so maybe it wouldn't work for us it, Yeah, it's a pretty crowded field
1: maybe what's the opposite of advice
0: um I'm I'm not sure, but it is something that I provide very often to people. Like someone will, will tell me a situation because they they just want to vent and get it out and then my mouth just says, you know what you should do and then the words that come out are things that the other person should absolutely not do because Ex- they are not...
1: except that I was just thinking about that. That's still advice. It's just bad advice.
0: Yeah. So so what are you looking for? The opposite of advice is bad advice, Kenny.
1: It's not though. It's 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 right there in the name. It's advice. It's bad advice.
0: Okay, how about a, a cautionary tale? Is that is that the opposite of advice because you're you're offering something that they should not like that you're offering evidence of something they should not do? I guess it's Okay. It's... Listeners, write in to condocomrades at gmail.com and tell us what the opposite of advice is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm curious. Hopefully hopefully we have some linguists who can explain this to us.
0: Maybe we, we should uh we should write into one of those advice podcasts. <laughs> ask us or ask them um well, what we're looking for here.
1: Oh, that'd be a good podcast. We just find all the advice pop podcasts and we send in the questions and then we we examine how what the different answers we get are and compare and contrast them it's or because that's really the best advice is to sort of take take you know you ask like 10 people and whatever the majority answer
0: is that's probably
1: the best advice
0: oh yeah like get an aggregate or
1: yeah well yeah well we'll have a service that aggregates advice column Answers basically, and you can you can ask the question to us, and we'll like send it out, and then we'll we'll charge the middleman fees.
0: Okay, that actually does sound better than us actually providing advice. I know. Getting getting lots of other people because I think the last thing the world needs is more guys telling people what they should do. That's
1: probably probably accurate. I mean, our our main piece of advice is that you should listens to Marie Kondo, which I think is, is some good advice.
0: <laughs> okay. You're steering us back to, um, to, to what this podcast should be about. Can we talk about what we've been tidying lately?
1: We, we can. So, um, I, we, Claire and I actually Marie Kondoed our books or come read our books.
0: Uh, uh-huh. tell me about it.
1: Um, yeah, so that was, that was exciting. We got rid of probably like 20 or 25 books or so. Um, and we, we, you know, we took all the books off our, our, our shelves and we put them on our table. We went through them and, and we were like, yeah, this is a good book. Ooh, <laughs> I need to, like, actually read this book. Let me uh-huh. put it in a special pile so I don't forget about it again.
0: Did you knock on them to wake them up?
1: I didn't really, but I did physically hold them all.
0: Give me some examples of ones you threw away.
1: I'm getting rid of Breakfast of Champions.
0: Oh, the Vonnegut is- book. Yeah, it's it's I like Vonnegut, but I think I kept Cat's
1: Cradle, which is my favorite Vonnegut book, and I think Breakfast Pembons is my second favorite. I got rid of this this guide field guide to mushrooms, um, which I like, but I don't really get mushroom hunting anymore. And it's not the best guide, because it's it's hard to actually look stuff up. Cause there's there's uh, it's just like not well organized and It's just too much information almost.
0: It seems like something that would be better as an app.
1: Maybe. I mean, there's something very nice about looking the kind of stuff up in a book, but I guess maybe I'm just being a Philistine. Or I guess a ludite is the correct term. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And those are are some of the books I'm getting getting rid of.
0: It's funny that you bring that up. I actually have way too many Vonnegut books on my shelf. Like just over the years accumulated from, um, like, used bookstores and just be like, oh, this looks nice.
1: Oh, that's a classic.
0: Yeah. That's a problem, going to used bookstores and everything is so cheap. And, like, all the versions of the books are, like, these older ones and they have, like, this kind of... I don't know. It feels nice to have an old paperback of something that you like. And... A lot of times you never return to it. I don't. I don't know. I think I have a lot, lot to get rid of still.
1: Yeah. What's your favorite Vonnegut book?
0: <laughs> is, this, is this really what we're turning our podcast into? Um, let me think. Sorry, this will take a minute. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of the one that that sticks out in my head. Like, cause you brought up *Cats Cradle*, and then like I can actually I like his, his short story collections the most. Okay, I um, respect that. I'm not sure. I, I forget. I think one of them is called Welcome to the Monkey House. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's the one I'm thinking about. Whichever collection has like Epicac on it, that's always a favorite short story of Vonnegut's that I'm into. Um, but yeah, like I'll, I'll, ugh, he's got so many books and they have familiar themes in a lot of them that they kind of like mash together in my head. And a lot of them I haven't read in, what, 15 years?
1: Yeah, I, I haven't read any in like five years, but still, I still remember them all a fair amount.
0: Yeah, shout outs to Kurt Vonnegut. Did you ever get to go to um, his museum in Indianapolis? I didn't. Oh, you missed out. Because I, I know there, there was a conference that we went <laughs> there a couple times, and I think the, the museum's only a couple blocks away from it. Nice. It's pretty nice. So I've been doing... Not that much tidying, but I've been doing preparation for tidying by collecting future containers, things that can. Uh, because um, something that Maria Kondo advocates very often is like having boxes and like if you have drawers, like putting boxes or dividers to separate things, so like like things are put together instead of all mixed up. And so I have been going around the house collecting containers or uh pieces of cardboard that come in the mail like like we our houses we have like could fill a room of uh birch box cardboard and those seem like perfect organizers to keep in your drawers yeah that's a good, that's a good call um but yeah and they're like such nice looking boxes so why not use them and that has been kind of something i've been excited about instead of going out to the container store and spending money like 50 dollars on an attractive looking piece of canvas to house things
1: that's nice yeah i I feel like especially for like inside of drawers that's that's a it's a good it can be a good call
0: it's cheaper than going out and buying lots of new shoes and keeping the shoe boxes for um,
1: that is that is the recommended method so yeah
0: it's It's a very attractive idea i've been kind of like like looking at um looking at lots of retailers websites lately and lusting after shoes and thinking to myself oh yeah if i buy this i'll also get these shoe boxes that i can use as organizing tools it's not healthy <laughs> <laughs> so that is i think that is um even though it's not actually tidying i think yeah. this is a very common theme amongst other people with tidying hopes the, the process of preparing to tidy and not actually ever getting there. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I'm glad I uh, I added that to our podcast.
1: Yeah, I, I thought I was supposed to be the foil that was doing stuff like that. But it, it, it turns out I'm actually better at tidying than you. I also vacuumed yesterday.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're actually compelled to... I think we have some... some one or a few people coming over at some point in the near future. So we're motivated to like, Oh yeah, maybe our house shouldn't be a hot mess when people are over.
1: That's, That's always a
0: good motivator. Yeah, it's, it's true. Um, Let's talk about haters, Mario Kondo's player haters club, as we call it in a, in this clown show of a podcast. Um, this this week, our haters like they're not actually haters of the program or of her her tidying process. These are just people who we took issue with. Do you want to get into it, Kenny? I'm stumbling all over this.
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think they're not the traditional hater, but they have corrupted the the KonMari method with a uh, sexist twist. I would say. So it was was an article in the Daily Mail, which for those who who aren't familiar, is like a British tabloid right-wing publication that, well, is like trash, basically. And anyway, they had had an article about... um, The title of the article was How to Avoid Turning Your Home into a Man Repeller. Interior Therapist Reveals the Items That Could Be Making your abode off-putting to men, um, uh-huh. which is a, a heck of a title. We're already, we're already, <laughs> <laughs> and it, you know, it, it really, it really is exactly what it says on the tin. It describes the, the an interior therapist, I guess is the word they use, but it's, it's basically a tidying consultant who comes mm-hmm. to your house and. Helps you get rid of stuff, except instead of helping you get rid of stuff to make you happy, it's to help you get a man, um, which is, you know, pretty a pretty pretty sexist premise.
0: Yeah, uh, if if I could just provide kind of some color to this, this is pretty common for where you'll you'll have someone who provides a service like in this case, um, tidying or um, life coaching, and they. as as sort of like a promotional thing, like maybe your agent does this or um, maybe you you just work it into sort of, sort of your marketing, you, you pitch to a newspaper, like the Daily Mail, like a a twist on whatever service you're offering so that to kind of sensationalize it to promote your business. And also, I don't know, put out a really interesting story to get your name out there, which this seems to be. And, we're talking about it. So obviously it's a success.
1: We we do have a massive (laughs) following. And so one of the big movers and shakers in the, in the industry, tidying industry.
0: Yeah. Like to, to be honest, even the, the Marie Kondo stuff is, is kind of referenced in the article. It's not the, the feature discussion to be had here. It's, it's just, Oh, this is kind of hot. So let's mention it to, to kind of, I I hate to use the word clickbait because it's the whole, the whole idea kind of turns me off and it rarely seems accurate to describe the things that we want to talk about, but they just kind of, as a throwaway mentioned, the interior therapist practices, the KonMari method method developed by Marie Kondo to almost give it some kind of legitimacy of what, what they're presenting here. Okay. That was my, my aside. You can get back into it, Kenny.
1: I guess like, you know, tidying could be about more than yourself. It could be about your relationship with other people. But prioritizing, you know, a specific kind of relationship, which is your, you know, the fact that the idea that like a woman has to get a man to be meaningful is is pretty sexist and demeaning and un, and unhealthy. And then the, the, when you actually like describe the the things that are man repellent, it's pretty it's a lot like um they have a they have a picture which i would rec- the articles is not great but i would i would just look at the picture because it's really preposterous
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> um some some of the things they described as man repellent are books go easy on the gloomy title
0: yeah well yeah let, there's a lot to unpack here let's go into each of these captions <laughs> go so having books with sad sad titles will drive away men apparently is is what they're warning against. Um, as if you you've you've got guys coming into your home and looking at your shelf. By the way, if if you have any person who comes into your home and judges your media like that um, as as whether or not you're worthy of a relationship, you already know they're garbage. That's that's uh, pretty
1: true. Um
0: I uh, I mean unless you have okay, we're not going to say his name. We're not gonna, <laughs> We're not going to say that particular author's name. Let's go on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I, I mean i in, in general it's like your media is not you know like uh it's not the most important thing and like you know it, it's nice to like look at someone's books and be like oh i really like that book uh did you like what did you think of this and it's cool they'll be able to talk to someone's book but unless unless we're seeing we're seeing the A. Rand or the the jordan peterson um on your shelf i'm not i'm not gonna take
0: issue with anything you could gotta bleep that out kenny <laughs> We're 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 seriously, it's it's not going to be, um, our condo comrades inbox. It might actually be flooded with two or three emails.
1: Yeah. I, I, Uh, I've only really once ever been to someone's house where I was put up by the books they had because it was like, it was like multiple Reagan biographies, um, Dick Dick Cheney's biography, George Bush's biography, like all the books were just like biographies of Republican, famous republican politicians and like neocons
0: do you ever see stuff on people's bookshelf or dvd shelf and it's stuff that you also have on your 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 own media cabinet and but still once you see it you're like yikes like (laughs) or you think less of them for having some of the same stuff that you were once interested in
1: oh I, i mean i definitely have like seen other people's stuff and been like uh, maybe maybe I shouldn't like that, but <laughs> 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 yeah, you, you you see it next to next to some shit anyway.
0: Okay, this is also interesting in this caption because it's still pointing at her bookshelf. It says, "The note just says Buddha, a sign of poverty and isolation." Uh, so you should not have Buddhist texts. I, I I don't know what they're getting at here.
1: I mean, I. It's 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 a bit like saying you shouldn't have a crucifix because it's a sign of, well, I guess poverty and isolation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's just like ah, oh, you shouldn't have religious iconography. Like, no, that's obviously stupid. <laughs> if I mean, if are there
0: guys? Are they saying that that men are turned off by by Buddhism? I
1: I think I think they are, um, which. You know, I think I think this is almost giving men too much credit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I see what you're, you're, what you're getting at here. But um I don't know. It's hard to wrap my, wrap my head around this. <laughs> I guess I guess because it's kind of new agey. and the idea is they're they're trying to say oh, men don't like women with new age ideals or who who think about meditation and other and other people's happiness? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's going on here.
1: <laughs> it is on a certain level kind of confusing, because I think um, you know, like at sort of a macro level, is it is it is somewhat true that you know the space you have in your home does project a certain image of who you are and is an extension of who you are, and so someone could. On some level, judge you for that and been like, I think I may or may not be compatible based on this. But why would you want someone who you wouldn't be compatible with based on the fact you have a Buddha if you think Buddha is important? <laughs> like, like you know, like you you want someone who's interest who's like roughly interested in the same sort of stuff as you, or on some level you can relate to. And the idea that like, hey, this guy who is so put off by this Buddha that I'm not going to be in a relationship. Who won't, won't, will just like walk away is, mm-hmm. was ever going to be a functional relationship is just ridiculous.
0: You know what? As you were talking, I, I think I figured it out. It's, it's racism.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was surprised you went New Age since, since, you know, just.
0: Yeah. No, it took, it took me a moment to get there. I get, maybe I was giving Daily Mail the benefit of the doubt, which you definitely should not. And, uh, yeah, I, I just realized it and thought about it like, oh no no, it's just like a dog whistle. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're just racist about it. I mean, <laughs> you you could have just as well put instead of Buddha like, um, if she has a copy of uh, Marie Kondo's Life Magic, life changing magic of tidying up on her shelf, yeah. that's that's a turnoff. Um, yeah, let's let's go on to the next thing. We might have stayed on that too long. Um, multiple pictures of single women suggest you're happier alone
1: yeah i this is like not real <laughs> this one is just dumb and this picture is actually i think really cool because it's a picture of the lady herself in like a in a cool fur outfit holding a dog in front of this um this wallpaper which personally i don't like the wallpaper but it's if you look at the room, although the other wall is white. And so I think it's sort of a conversation piece and like a focal point. And so it's, it's, and she talks a little bit on the article and it's like, yeah, you do you, that's, that's what you like. This is your house. You should, you should have wallpaper that you like and you feel is meaningful, even if I might not like it and wouldn't want it in my house. But that's why different people are allowed to like different things. So have as many pictures of single women you want (laughs) yeah Uh,
0: yeah. again i'm at a loss for words i i don't know what 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 they're trying to say here like why you should not have pictures of like maybe they're saying that you're sending out this message that um single women could be happy alone and
1: yeah it's it's just a deeply regressive magazine that doesn't believe women can have meaning independent of men and that's
0: Okay, this one is actually relevant to, to to tidying up. It's just clutter can damage your relationships by increasing irritability. Yeah,
1: that's, um, that's true and good advice. And yeah, so that we we got one out of four is like a reasonable point so far.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 um, approaching unreasonable. Next one, vase, another image of a single wom- woman. I mean, it's like,
1: it, it, it's a vase. It's, it's like not, it's like a vase. That's like a face. It's, it's, not, that's not like an, I don't know. It's, it's just dumb.
0: Are they saying you shouldn't have a vase or you shouldn't have a vase that looks like a woman? I
1: think you shouldn't have a vase that looks like a woman, but I don't, I just like, don't believe men think like this.
0: What, what is the acceptable form that a vase should take? Is what I'm wondering. Okay nothing here makes sense. Okay. La- last one. cactus unwelcoming. <laughs> which is I, they're just doing a lot here. I guess because a cactus is prickly is say, they're they're saying that oh the the man will immediately think of the woman as prickly and as standoffish and I mean cra-
1: <sighs> Cactuses are, are like plants and plants are nice and welcoming. And cactuses are easy to take care of. Oh. oh, like the like the the live thing is like so much more important than the than the prickliness to me for the cactus. We have a bunch of cactuses.
0: <laughs> we so we've been going over this image, but the, uh, yeah. So the the essential premise of this is Suzanne spotted fifty one images of women around the home. She says the interior is that of a strong single woman, and that it is. I guess, not acceptable if you want a house that's not a man repeller. I mean... I th- you know, <laughs> I-, I think I disagree with the whole premise. Maybe you should have... Maybe we should be going towards maximizing our homes to become man repellers.
1: I mean, I feel like if your man is repelled by, by all this shit, then, like, how is she ever going to be happy with, like... I mean, know, she does seem like a strong woman. Like, I don't understand why she would be happy with some grumpy ass dude He's he's mad about independent women
0: mad about cact- a cactus yeah
1: it's just the, the the man this this place is repelling is just like a shitty guy <laughs> <laughs> and also i like barely yeah. even believe that like like i don't know i feel like men are like socialized not to even notice this stuff anyway and i maybe on some level they are affected but i think in general like Men are socialized to like not. You know, I don't know.
0: We're not gonna gonna notice the vase. Yeah,
1: and it's it's stupid, and... but.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if you see a Buddhist book on the shelf, it's not really registering, right?
1: I mean, I, I might look at books, but that's I feel like that's just me, and like you know, I'm looking for like, oh yeah, I read that book too. Maybe we can talk about that or.
0: Okay, that's enough of the Daily Mail. Yeah, we gave them we gave them too much time in this episode. So the actual Netflix episode that we're going to talk about, episode six, "Breaking Free from a Mountain of Stuff," covers the Madison family, um, Aaron and Sunita, trying to trying to get their their home organized. Uh, what what would you think was the theme of this? Um,
1: there were there were a couple themes in my mind. I think one of them was, there was like a a disconnect between the approaches of, of um, Aaron and Sunita where Aaron was like, yeah, let's get rid of stuff. This is easy to get rid of stuff. I want to get rid of stuff. And Sunita was like, oh, I don't want to get rid of anything. You know, this has this meaning. This has this meaning. Um, And so that was, that was one big thing to me. Yeah.
0: Something I, something she kind of said pretty often was we might need this eventually or um, I think they're, they're planning, because they had they had two kids and they were thinking they might have a third like, oh, maybe this will come in handy for the third child that might eventually come. Yeah, and it, that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, and I think that was sort of the like, but I, I thought, um, so there were a couple things and I, I hate to bring the friend family back into it, but <laughs> oh my goodness
0: <laughs> six episodes in a row we're never gonna let it i go. know
1: but um they you know they they were in like a somewhat similar situation where they had just had kids and were like dealing with the kids but one thing i noticed is that they never blamed the kids it was all like okay how can we clean up our stuff and do better so we can have a third kid and that was sort of the central goal of a lot of why they were trying to do this was they okay we need to have space for for the kids and it's it's mostly our problem even though you know as we went through the episode there were a whole lot of toys and the kids had a whole bunch mm-hmm. of stuff so it was what was very interesting to me that like where where the blame fell was very different um and I would say I felt that Aaron did a better job than mr. friends
0: you you think because I felt a lot of not a lot. I felt that there were points that stood out to me where he put the blame on Sunita.
1: Yeah. I mean, but I think a little bit to be fair, um, she was very resistant to a lot of this stuff and he, he, you know, I felt, I felt like, um, you know, he was actively trying to get rid of stuff and trying to get, and like putting in work to do stuff. And I think there were points that he should be called out for, but I I think, what was the guy's name again in the friends?
0: Aaron. Who was, Oh yeah, the friend family. I, I, I don't well, know. Let's just call him Kevin.
1: Oh, uh, it was Kevin.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I was just like I was like throw a white guy's name out there. <laughs> Let's call him Kevin.
1: <laughs> um, was like was very much like it's your responsibility to clean up all, all the stuff up and like to do this stuff and I, don't know, I I like I don't I think he could be Aaron could be a little passive aggressive, but I do also think that like you know he was like I'm committed to this and um. Sunita was like pretty, pretty resistant in a lot of points to, to sort of tidying up.
0: I don't know. I keep going back to where she, she would look back at things, or she would look at stuff that they had kept for a long time and thinking we might need this eventually, which is kind of a trap you can get yourself into.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's very under. I'm not trying to. I think it's very. Her outlook was very understandable. Um, but mm-hmm. I I felt sort of this this. Episode was a very close couple trying their best to work through something that was very hard and communicating well. If, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, uh, and you know, it was it was. I think I think there was there was one part where she, you know, was recording something pretty late in the night about how she like wants to do this, but she doesn't know she can, and she, um, I think. I think I'm just going to read the whole, the whole quote. The more I think about it, the more I get, sorry, this is Sunita. The more I think about it, the more I get upset. I get that I have a strong personality. I thought the whole process is, Hey, you talk, you share, you share your thoughts, your feelings, you lay it out there. I feel like laying it out there only makes it worse. Maybe it's just a cultural difference. Maybe it's different styles and methods. If that's the case, I can't change someone else's either. I'm looking to change. I'm open to change. I want to go through this process
0: yeah well to me by by the way that was like cut up a bunch um when she was giving that sort of um confessional but to me it's like she was trying to talk herself into through her feelings and it begins in a way where she's frustrated and then at the end she's trying to like resolve herself into seeing this all through and no matter how bad she's feeling about it all
1: yeah and I, I think I think you're one hundred percent correct that she was really struggling with it and but like on some level knew she needed to do this and knew she needed to change her outlook. And she really did come through at the end of the end of the episode by the end of the episode and was like really embracing um a lot of a lot of it.
0: yeah, it looked like they really like compared to some of the other episodes. The, the changes in between weren't as drastic as you saw in this one, I thought. Uh, some, some of the rooms looked way more tidy than initially. And I, I guess a lot of it was because the, the clutter was more, more evident with all the kids' toys hanging around.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's very true.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, something she, she mentioned was, um, again, going back to keeping stuff that you might one day be able to use... Like, she kept a lot of clothes that she used to fit in or that she didn't fit in yet. And she had this, like, aspiration, like, oh, I'll, I'll hold on to this, and one day I'll be able to take... I'll have this to wear. Which... Um, I It it doesn't... not Not just with clothes, but with, like, a lot of things, it's not really healthy to do that where you kind of, like... You, you kind of wait to reward yourself with something that you can't have now and you just keep it there. And then like really what you're doing is you're punishing yourself from ever enjoying that thing and feeling worse and worse when you look at it and you don't ever, it you, you keep this thing with the promise that one day it will spark joy, but then if things just go wrong and you never get there, it it does the complete opposite of that. It, it's more dread it's more disappointment it's the opposite of sparking joy because you've kept it for the one day maybe it will
1: yeah i think i think that's that's good and i think i think it is like a very a very common thing especially i mean and it's like very gendered it's especially for women you know sort of yeah. fitting into clothes and and um gaining weight is, can be very hard and very um you know like i've I've gained weight and like not been able to fit in my pants anymore, and been sad about it. But it's it's a whole other level and a whole nother level of societal expectations and uh, pressure.
0: Yeah, and the the whole like when I lay it out there, it seems obvious, but it is something that I you, you don't think about. Like it's not it, it's it's just something that you unconsciously do, and so even I do it a lot. And it's it's something to keep in mind, and it's why I it t- made a point to kind of go over it.
1: Yeah, I think you did a really good good job of capturing why why can why it's unhealthy, and sort of that. You know, it, it's aspirational, but when you you fail to meet your aspiration, it there's a lot of guilt and shame, and that it puts on yourself.
0: Okay, so speaking of clothes. I, I, this is this is my favorite part of the podcast now because I'm just going to turn it into a segment. It's going to be Eric and Kenny's shirt report where we go over the dude's shirts and the entire shirt situation um in this case uh what what Aaron is wearing. <laughs> and so the, the rest of this episode will be us talking about Aaron's shirt. Um I don't know did did this stand out to you Kenny uh- anything about
1: um, so the only, the only clothing item of Aaron's that really stood out to me is there was one part where he's wearing like a, a maroon cardigan and they were being interviewed on like a maroon couch and it was, he was like <laughs> blending into it and everything was like red and it was, it was too much.
0: The the cardigan was his, his special moves. Yeah. Um, yeah because yeah it, it added okay i have to give it i give it have to give it up to him because we've talked about guys not wearing enough color and he's he spiced it up yeah he did with uh with with the with the cardigan situation but he definitely also had um he was very much into the white t-shirts yeah he was like like underneath i don't know if if the white t-shirt under a cardigan is a good look but he just had white t-shirts the whole time and in, in a couple shots, they definitely had the U-neck going on where would you, you keep this the shirt for way too long and it's way too stretched and you definitely should not be wearing it if you're on TV. <laughs> and, and I know, okay, I say this with like some certainty in my voice, but I'm not actually certain about this. You, in my mind, as I'm watching this, this guy is definitely doing the trick where you have the U-neck and then you kind of pinch it in the back so that it looks tighter for TV. Or for other people to see. And then you put on like a sweater or a cardigan on top of it. To keep, to hold it in place. And so it doesn't look all all bacon strippy.
1: Okay. These are, some, these are some moves I'm learning today.
0: Yeah, I'm, I put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> into his, 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 his. Oh, and it wasn't just white t-shirts he loved. He had one of the biggest collections of um, white button-up shirts for work. That I've ever seen. Did you did this stick out? No, too it all? didn't. Because I guess I get that the shots that they had of his closet were like only seconds. Mm-hmm. So he had a ton of button ups, which again I usually associate that with like, oh yeah, he's wearing them to work. But even after tidying up, he had twenty. I counted. I actually counted the the number of hangers up there. <laughs> he had tw- at least twenty white button ups still after tidying.
1: It's it's funny because you you do this and I anytime there's like a shadow of a bookshelf, I'm trying to see how many books I can recognize. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, this this drove me. I don't know. I was kind of yelling at my screen, like, "What do you need twenty white button ups for?" And I'm I'm trying to think of a situation. How many? How many do you have, Kenny?
1: Um, white button ups. I think one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I have one. I have three blue ones, and I feel like my life is out of control because I have three blue button-ups.
1: It, well, also, and... I, I got to mention something real quick. All these people, sure. like, I ha- we have two closets in our whole apartment. Um, mm-hmm. So we I have to split a closet for, like, stuff that hangs up. So I, I can't I can't have twenty button ups. That's that's my oh, that's yeah. my like hanging up clothes allotment. That's like that's all I can fit in in my hang up space. So all the, all these people, you know, you know what it's like. I got so much mm-hmm. clothes
0: that all these people. I don't think I have 20 but 20 button ups in total.
1: Yeah, I don't think I do either. But that that is like about how much stuff I could possibly fit. In like the half a closet I have for for but for um hang up shirts.
0: <laughs> what did you, did you see of um, their their son Ashton? He even, is his closet even bigger than yours.
1: It's all bigger bigger than mine.
0: Yeah, so I don't know. He he looked like he was like five or six or whatever. But Ashton's closet was pretty amazing. He had like a basketball hoop inside his closet. And then he uh, had like a bunch of toys, and it was actually very organized. And there was enough room for a dresser to hold um, some of a Sunita's stuff in there. Which I guess if if you're you're a parent, it's your right to commandeer your kid's closets and stick your stuff in there. It's,
1: well, uh, the other thing I'm I'm excited for like season two when they get a when like I feel like it's blown up a bit, so they're going to get a bigger budget and they can do stuff outside of L.A uh I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited for them to like actually do like a new york city apartment
0: oh yeah they definitely have to because the the space constraints are uh, are a game changer right
1: ben ben by number one disappointment with the show is that at, they tidy but no one's reality of their of the, where they live is is the same as my own
0: <laughs> yeah that's true um yeah, I was actually disappointed with this episode. I should bring that up uh, because something they kind of touched on uh, when they were going through some of Sunita's stuff is she's like looking through some of the, her, her dressers and then pulling out like um, Pakistani outfits and scarves from, um, I'm I'm guessing her background. And she was like, she didn't get many chances to wear them. And she kind of talked a little bit about having a disconnect from her culture and her background. Um, and wanting to hold on to those items and I thought they would go into that more in this episode and they did it. Do you
1: think you're right that it was, that was a missed opportunity? And I
0: don't may have they might have gone over that in some of the other episodes, but it seems like a really good theme to tackle and they just didn't do anything with it here.
1: The intersection between like sentimental and clothing.
0: For for me like looking at some of my stuff that I I have from like the the philippines or like like kind of things that are that that a typical Filipino family would have that i've held on to it's a big part of my identity and um i felt like it should just should have been addressed more i think she talked more about how the the books were part of her identity in this episode than they actually talked about some of the her her clothes that she had i mean you kind of saw them in in like um, their wedding photos of her wearing, wearing like a tra- traditional Pakistani outfits. And, but they, they didn't really get into that season two, or maybe, maybe it is season one. We we haven't gotten to the other two episodes.
1: That's true. I'm, I'm not, I'm pretty sure they're all in LA.
0: Yeah. Do you think it'd be, what other interesting things do you think they would be able to find in New York that they wouldn't be able to find in LA?
1: I mean, like the ba- the number one thing is just the the complete, completely different space constraint. Also, like all these people have garages, which actually, I need to mention this real quick. The one part where um, Aaron really really rused me was when they were in their garage. He's like, "This is look at this. This is the only place that I have tools, and they're all the rest of this is not tools." And I was just like, uh-huh. "All right, dude, like you don't need that many tools. I refuse to believe you actually use your tools that much."
0: And he's he he says it as if the rest of its stuff the rest of the stuff is like um like that his wife has is taken over the garage when it's uh like toys and bicycle like his his kids' bicycles and <laughs> and like their old clothes and sentimental stuff and it's like I get it that there's a lot in there, but it's not like I don't know, my guy. I you you should not talk you have twenty white button-ups. Get the fuck out of here! What is... you could you could fit all your tools in the space that all those button ups take.
1: It's um. I was like, I have like some tools, but like you don't you don't need that many. Like, I don't, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. He's like a carpenter or something. But I feel like if you're a carpenter, you'd have more tools than that, and it would be like, here's my workbench and like my carpenter shit. And it this is just wild to me.
0: Maybe. it Maybe this is com- more common I just don't know about it but that they had their garage full and with st- with stuff and they had no cars parked in in the garage.
1: Um <laughs> Clara Claire actually asked me about that. She was like, "Why do they need a garage? It's never cold. Uh-huh. It never rains." Oh, true. She's she's like, "Why?" But I was like, "I don't actually know. I think it I think it has something to do with the zoning rules for LA. LA all the houses have to be like zones are like zones so you need to have a certain amount of of cars per house um mm-hmm. and so you end up with like that's part of why it's so sprawly is because there's no way to make like high-rise apartments or whatever because you you would need to have like a giant parking garage and so it just sprawled everywhere
0: yeah i didn't get what was going on here with <laughs> and you you never um Actually, their their home looked really nice, and it would look like it was all there's like a gate to get into their own house, and like a huge. I get maybe that's pretty common in the nicer neighborhoods of LA, actually, where you can't see anything because there's a huge fence around everything. I feel like
1: it's a part of LA we don't see a ton of. Usually, we see like giant LA movie mansions and movies. So, what have we learned
0: in this episode, Kenny? Oh wait! I already promised that I'm gonna say what what I've learned. All right, this is completely um, unrelated to what we've been talking about. This email came into my inbox as we were recording, from uh, one of the the skincare shops that I that I uh, that I order stuff from pretty often, and the subject line is "We aim to spark joy," and this is actually the second email I've gotten received from them this week. Where they've they've mentioned Spark Joy and it's had like a very Condo theme and so what what I've learned is please people who are not <laughs> not Marty Condo stop trying to sell me stuff by trying to be adjacent to her and using these these are these are probably trademark terms because I see I see lots of people trying to to kind of shoehorn Spark Joy themes into whatever they're selling me and i'm I'm done with it
1: but also you should give us a five star review because that would really spark joy mm-hmm,
0: in mm-hmm. my life with you know what I would my my initial reaction was like would that really doesn't mean anything to me if they did and then I thought more about it was, yeah because I'm vain like that and I need other people's approval I mean, that's fine we all do Kenny what did you learn?
1: All right. Yeah, the big the big thing I learned is that we we missed out on a lot of shirt opportunities because I don't think we focused or talked about shirts every episode. We should maybe do a full shirt episode where we just I would like that a retrospective analysis of all the shirts of.
0: Oh yeah, like a, a best of. That sounds like a lot of work going back and um, loading old episodes and looking at shirts. Maybe we'll just we we can. We can figure something out, like a just a whole shirt-themed episode.
1: I know how to jam the, the ten seconds forward button.
0: Did you see Ida's shirt, by the way, in this episode? Uh, she had like she had like this white blouse, and the buttons were like pink and red, but they were all like different shades of pink and red. I didn't
1: notice that actually.
0: It's amazing. I'll send you a screenshot of that. Maybe we can we can link people to it somehow. In um, our show notes, check out the show notes because there are also links in there for you to buy things and give me money from uh, Amazon referrals. Listen. I'm a
1: huge fan of both uh, Maria Kondo's outfits and Ida's outfits. I, I think yeah, they're always killing it. I think I think I would probably wear a lot of what Ida wears if they came in my size. Marie Kondo, it looks looks very good in white, but. I think I would I would make a mess of myself if I wore that much white and
0: she's got like a very like minimalist Scandinavian look. Yeah, to her wardrobe.
1: That's exactly where I'm at in, in
0: in what I like. Well, yeah, she does the whole the um, she definitely has a uniform, right? The the white paired with something very vibrant and clean clean lines. And yeah, I'm into it. I wish I could do something like that with my own outfits. Maybe I can. Maybe that'll be for our shirt episode.
1: You have to wear a uniform for work. Or not a sorry, you have to wear a dress dress nice clothes. For work?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I have to Well I can I can get away with like wearing nicer jeans and a t-shirt. But I I kind of like dressing up for work. Because I worked from home for so so long and I was always so unkempt mm. and I was looking a mess but it's and also I, I talk about this a lot wearing nice things makes you feel good i think i think the deon sanders quote is like um look nice feel nice feel nice play nice play nice <laughs> they pay you nice that went somewhere <laughs> uh, yeah hold on I actually i, I kind of want to I kind of want to be accurate with this so i'm gonna look it up we're keeping
1: all this in here by the way
0: (laughs) okay no no it was not look nice you look good feel good feel good you play good you play good they pay good they pay good you live good i mean we're i feel like that's a great way to go about life right yeah some
1: wisdom from from Deion sanders
0: yeah shout outs to him um even though I'm, I think he was like involved in some sort of like shady school athletics thing. All right, so our Twitter handles: mine is at tiny cartridge. Mine is at anr Simon Moon. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks in advance for the five star review on iTunes and your um very kind words. And if you want to lie to be extra nice about us, go ahead and lie. We're not going to hold it against you.
1: Big fans of dishonesty here.
0: Yeah, if you have, if, if you need advice on, if you need bad advice on things, if you need the opposite of advice on things, or if you just want to annoy Kenny, you can email us at condocomrades at gmail.com.